You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. This episode of Heard Podcast is brought to you by Ripple. Ripple for all your social media needs. Nick, I feel like we're struggling to stand out on social media. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we don't have really any big design savvy. Yeah, and, and like we just started this thing about a year ago, and it's just we don't have a budget to hire a designer or anyone like a marketing guru or anything like that. I mean, how do we attract new listeners? I feel like we should try this thing called Ripple. What's Ripple? I've never heard of it. Ripple is designed for small businesses, helps you attract new business and engage with existing customers. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be great designers. We create professional ads. There's like 200 plus design templates. It automatically shares to all of our social media. You mean like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? All of it at once. It has recommendations and goal tracking tools. So like, you know, it's not going to make us hit 100,000 people next week. That's amazing. How do we sign up? For a seven-day free trial, visit rippleripl.com slash herd today. That's seven days free. Slash today, right? No. All right. It's underlined. Today is underlined. No, no, that's wrong. For your seven-day free trial of Ripple, visit ripple.com, R-I-P-L dot com slash herd, H-E-A-R-D. Right now. Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between the Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com, like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Herd. Hey everyone, welcome to Herd Podcast. I am your substitute host, your co-host for the time for uh, Herd Podcast. We are your food, hospitality, and beverage podcast. Uh, in the studio with me is Jason. Hey. And you might be wondering, where is Joe? Joe is off gallivanting with uh, Food Network hosts, Ooh. so we have lost him for today. Hopefully he'll come back. We'll see. We will see. Uh, also in the studio, we have two special guests. We have Patrick Moore from the Michigan Bourbon Club. Hello. And we also have Tony Batu, who is also from the club. The Wine Garden. The Wine Garden. Yes, and, but that is your store, correct? Yes, sir. And tell me a little bit about the store. So uh, the store is in uh, St. Clair Shores, Michigan, uh, on Harper, south of Nine Mile. Uh, I've been there in St. Clair Shores since 1995, the second location. I've uh, been in this new location for about um, seven years, since 2010. Um, it was a banquet hall that we renovated to uh, a nice uh, uh, store, mm-hmm. about 5,500 to 6,000 square feet full of good stuff. So someone who's in Detroit, someone who's in you know the Burbs, not in St. Clair Shores, why should they make the trek all the way out to you? What do you have that other people don't? Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have the goods. Okay. We have the knowledge. We have the pricing. We have fun people there, um, but, but really everything together, you know, uh, you, you, from the spirits to the beer to the wine uh, to the stuff that ties all that together. It, it's, been, it's been a dream that I've put together the last probably, probably 10 years before I was in a new location. I said, if I one day go bigger, this is what I will do. This is it. And so you're one-stop shop. Perfect. Absolutely. So, Patrick, Patrick, uh, you are an enthusiast. You're not uh, part of the industry, is that correct? Correct. And you decided that we need a club in Michigan mm-hmm. to talk about bourbon. Well, yeah, uh, there was already a couple clubs that existed, but um, I saw something I think that wasn't available in those two clubs. Uh, so we kind of went and did our own thing, and we offered people meetups and um, 
uh, outings at restaurants, get-togethers, uh, and we offer the ability to trade amongst local people because the only way for people before to get some of the good stuff that everybody wants is to go somewhere else and do shipping and have mm-hmm. to deal with all that stuff. So there's a lot of people around Detroit that have been in bourbon for a long time. So I figured it would be better to keep it local and uh, try and help people out. So that's why I started the Michigan Bourbon Club. And you just hit a milestone y- today, yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. We got 2,000 people in Woo! just, just yeah. under a year. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Our one-year uh, birthday is on February 22nd, so next week. That's that's, a, that's great. Yeah. So how are you celebrating your birthday? Uh, we are giving away a very special bottle. You could say it's a, a birthday bottle. <laughs> oh, well, this will come out after uh, after the 22nd. Yeah. But uh, so. I'm getting your hint. I'm getting what you're putting down. Yeah, so it's going to be a, it's a good thing. We like to try and give back as much as we can, cool. you know, so everybody gets to try or a chance for absolutely free. All they have to do is be an active member of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't uh, give bottles to everybody, so we try and reward the people that are active and make the group what it is because really that's what the group is all about. It's not that's about me. Found. It's not about, yeah. you know, it's not about Tony. It's about everybody getting together and trying to spread the love of the brown juice. So I, I haven't been a member for very long. I think I joined <clears throat> middle last year. Okay. and But Jason, you've been a member for a while. Well, no, I would no? probably about the same, about same time. time. I, don't, okay. I don't remember what spurred Patrick reaching out to me and alerting oh, wait, me whoa, to whoa, the, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got a private invite? I don't, I don't know. I think so. It probably had something to do with the sugar house. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was. So. Hey, can I have a Four Roses sugar you house You sure bottle? may. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you meant a poor. No, um, no, I'm working no, on no. it. I mean... Uh, uh, I'm winking right now as I'm saying absolutely yeah, not. That's um, right. Uh, no, actually, uh, I don't remember what spurred that. Probably something about the Sugar House, but I had also been uh, a member of the other groups that he was uh, talking about. And there was definitely something that uh, left to be desired from that experience. And so um, it was really exciting. And one of the things I've been um, really impressed with in the last uh, less than six months, like you said, is uh how the actual uh, community uh, of, around bourbon in this group really does help each other out. Cause um, and Tony, you can probably speak to this from a retail side. I mean, it's gotta be very difficult. The demand is so one of the things we've been talking about over time here, in this podcast is just the demand for these products is so great that people cannot find them so often. So sometimes the only way that you can get them and I'm a consumer as well, even though I work in the bar industry, I got to pound the pavement, make relationships. Well, look at the table. We got yeah. four, you know, Four bottles that everybody that are hard wants to, get. to drink. Yeah. yeah, so it's hard, and so I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, you know, as a retailer, you can't make everybody happy, um, and so I really, enjoy, I really uh, appreciate and enjoy both uh, the Michigan Bourbon Club for uh, a the fun. Uh, you know, it's a good time. Everybody in there is really lighthearted and approaches uh, approaches it as a as a really fun hobby as it should be, and then uh, and also helps each other, other out. Is that what the other groups were? Were they not fun? Where did they not have the level of interaction? What what were you missing in the other groups that led you to start this group? Um, I wouldn't say they're not fun because, I mean, everybody likes to have fun, you know, on both pages. It's just both of those pages. And you don't need to throw anyone under the bus. I'm no, no, curious. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus or anything. I'm not here to talk bad about anything. Mm-hmm. But it was it – was, uh, they didn't want to branch out. I guess mm-hmm. they were just happy with the way it was, which I completely understand. If you think you've got something and this is yours, then – run with it that's sure. what you want to do but that's not what i wanted to do so i actually approached both clubs with some ideas and they said no that's probably something better left if you want to do it start your own group I said that's a great idea so fine I did. i'll take my ball and start no, yeah, that's right <laughs> take my ball and go home and one of the cool things the uh, collaborations that you do with tony is you had brought up uh the barrel picks yeah and that's something yes. you need a retail partner with correct so maybe how did you approach tony uh tell me how this kind of uh originated um when we first started the group we uh the first thing we did as a group was order um as many uh blanton straight from the barrel bottles as we could because we found this website um that would sell us as many as we wanted from germany interesting yeah okay. so we ended up getting like 37 barrel or bottles of this straight from the barrel blends which anybody who has had it before it's really good and is that that's legal that's all good oh, yeah. there's Completely import legal. all that nope. good stuff nope oh. Completely, it got shipped in, and it was. Good it's to just go. an export only product. Right. I mean, uh, Blanton's, Blanton's single barrel that you're familiar with, uh, strangely, and I don't know, maybe you know better than I why they do this, but they they make multiple expressions that they only ship um, yep. export only, and they, so they proof it up or proof it down. It comes out of the barrel, 
the one that everybody wants, but we're not allowed to buy that here in the United States. And I feel like Old Lightning gets a lot of weird stuff like that because when I was in there, they had a stuff that's like Japan, this, yeah. that, that. Yeah. At one time, uh, the Japanese company owned Buffalo Trace hmm. uh, in, a, in, a, in, the, in the 80s. They sold it in the early 90s or like 89-ish. Um, they sold it to a, a, a family in Kentucky. At the time when they sold it, the deal was the Japanese uh, the Japanese company keeps the rights of the Blantons. Mm, the good Blantons. They they do they Those control everything Asia, about Blantons. Mm. The only thing they don't control is making it. Right. Okay. And then they 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 still profit out of it. So that's the reason why it's European only. Uh, you know, like um, they have the three other proofs, and that's because these countries allow different proofs. Uh, according to their taxes compared to ours. Right. That's that's why they proof it to have the lowest amount of tax on it. So they proof it different sure. proof. Sure, sure, sure. So oh. I'm headed to Europe at the end of the year. I'm a, I just need a list oh, of what you want me to buy. Absolutely. Okay. Everything. So <laughs> after, we did, after we did that, we decided, because um, I was uh, I had myself and Jake Braga who were running the group, and we thought it would be a great idea to try and get our own barrel because we were on these secondary pages and what year is this uh this past year yeah because you've only been a year old right, right. Yeah. okay so we said uh let's try and get a barrel so we approached a couple of the store owners we knew and we didn't know tony yet and uh they weren't offering anything of you know uh that we really wanted to have you know we didn't think uh, that it would sell very well and most people didn't like it or whatever it was so uh, a friend of mine bill edgerton said hey talk to this guy his name's big tony he wants to help out he wants to give you a barrel of blends I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who? So I call Tony, and he's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, I'll sell you a, bu- a barrel of Blanton's. We can go down to Kentucky together. We're going to have a good time. Just come on in and meet me. So. so you took a chance on them, very much so. So, you know, to be honest with you, the whole, you know, when I met Patrick, I actually met Bill Edgerton first, and Bill was the one that introduced me to the club and was like, uh, Bill moved in from uh, Rochester to Gross Point. And he was looking for a nice store. He came to the store, talking to me about bourbon and stuff. We hit it off. We're talking for about a half hour to 45 minutes. And he says, yeah, I belong to this Michigan Bourbon Club. Uh, you know, we're looking at getting a barrel, you know, stuff like that. I was like, you know what? That sounds great. Uh, what barrel are you guys looking for? He's like, well, we're really looking for a blend. I'm like, oh, you guys are really shooting for the moon. <laughs> so... Um, yep. I uh, I asked if I can uh, become a member, and he said, "Yeah, you know." So he 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 sent me a friend's request, and I became a member. I'm, I'm I met Patrick at the at the store in the, in the back and in, in the back room, and we had a good time. We hit it off, and he's like, "Yo, I I think we could do." I was like, "You know what? Let's do it, man." Well, you know, you know, I created another brand is called uh, the Brotherhood of the Barrel. This is part of it. So the Michigan brother, uh, Michigan Bourbon Club and the Brotherhood of the Barrel, there's a reason why I created it because it's it's about brotherhood. We are sitting here like brothers talking about whiskey. That's what it's all about. It, yeah. You know, so I don't, you know, to me, it wasn't much of a, a, a chance. I could always sell Blanton's. I, I always, you know, I get a Blanton a year. Uh, I hope that continues. Uh, but a barrel a year. Each yeah. Bar- okay. yeah, one barrel a year. Um but it was more of a, a of a of a because it's so good, you know. Let's let's share it, right? That's what it's all about. So let's come back to um, brothers and brothers in the barrel. No, brotherhood of the barrel. brotherhood of the barrel. Let's come back in a second. But what led you trust this punk walks in says he wants a barrel of your best stuff? The beard. The beard. That's very, <laughs> the beard. It's very trustworthy. This experience very in the beard. I had a long one too at once until yeah. my wife. Your beard is awesome. <laughs> His wife goes out of the country. He grows this big, awesome beard in like two weeks. It's almost as long as mine. And then he shaves it off. It was all great. Yeah. yeah, it was Santa. All right. So Brotherhood in the Barrel. Talk about that. So the Brotherhood of the Barrel got created because really is all about passion of, of whiskey. Me sitting down talking about guy to guys about the whiskey. That's what the Brotherhood of the Barrel is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's all about how much you love this product, how you talk about it, what do you experience, what do you smell, what you taste. That's where the Brotherhood of the Barrel. So all the barrels that we picked for the wine garden 
is the brotherhood of the barrel, sisterhood of the barrel. Um, You know, right now when we do a collaboration with NBC, we put NBC brotherhood of the barrel. Uh, If we ever did a collaboration with another group, we would name it such and such with uh, the brotherhood of the barrel. So it's always a collaboration with a bunch of people to do something really cool, something really unique. Everyone has a different taste. Um, I, I, I loved going to Kentucky with Patrick. Uh, it's, it's been two times that we went together. We have a good time. We drink really what we like. We talk about nothing but what we like, and it's, it's an awesome experience. Hmm. Really so, cool. you, so when did the Brotherhood of the Barrel, that, as a brand, that predated the Michigan Bourbon Club, though, or is that something that's happened in the last year? Like, how did you work with people before that? So before that, it was always, would say, uh, picked by the wine garden picked okay. or, or picked by Tony from the wine garden, right? Which was not a bad idea. You know, it was picked by me, really. And, and I really thought, I really thought, you know what? I, I, I like it, but I got to do something that is involved more other people with it, right? I got to... You know, it was me and another friend actually on the way to Kentucky where we picked the Brotherhood of the Barrel. Uh, a, a, a great friend of mine, I'm sure you know him, Jason, uh, Jason is uh, uh, Darshan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're actually, we were going to pick the Weller 107 that we have on the table right now is when we, that we talked about, okay, what do we need to do? How do we need to get more people involved? And it was, you know, we talked about a couple names one of them was Motor, Motor City Bootluggers, <laughs> and I really love that name, but he's like, no, we're not getting that name. Were you afraid because of like a legal standpoint? Yeah, there was a lot of legality. Okay. You, know, we, you know, we were afraid of – so we're like, okay, let's create something that doesn't have anything to do with bootlegging or something <laughs> like that. So we, we, we decided Brotherhood of the Barrel because that really does make sense. You know, uh, we're all brothers here. We're hanging out, having a drink. That's that's what it's all about. Absolutely. I mean, think of back in the day where the guys always do. They're sitting around the table smoking cigars, talking about whatever, playing poker and drinking whiskey. Let's see. It's been a brotherhood for a long time. Now, I, I think it's great. And there's there's kind of that camaraderie of sitting around sharing a bottle. Uh, I think the number of times that our podcast has killed a bottle just sitting around talking yeah. is scares me a little bit, yeah. but is also a lot of fun. So we've kind of got to this really high end level of being able to sell a whole barrel of whiskey, which I think is huge. And if you think of maybe 10 years ago, that was probably not the case. You oh. know, you had stuff that would sit on the shelves like Pappy for a long time. Absolutely. 10 so, years ago, I could have bought a, a barrel of Pappy Van Winkle have I wanted one. So what changed? <laughs> what was that tipping point that you all of a sudden said, wait a second, this stuff is flying off the shelf. What just happened? Americana. People want to buy America. Okay. And in, in, when 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 that big crash actually happened, um, 2010, 11? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yep. Um, people, you you start seeing it by Michigan, by United ah. States. It's like I a, think like that a, what tricked it. I okay. I really do think that might have had something to do with it. Um, you know the I I believe that that might have been the trigger. You know? I believe I feel the same way when I talk to people at the sugar house. And people ask me, I mean, I, my perception is the thing, the great thing about bourbon, it's a uniquely American spirit. It's something that, you know, all of these bourbon brands and they're definitely great on their marketing, but it's like these old, it's Elmer T. Lee, it's Booker T. No, it's, you know, Elijah Craig. It's, it's, it's a nostalgia for this time when there's all of these things going on in the country. That's part of it. It's very easy to see, um, you know, why that is. I think at the Sugar House, it was a natural fit because, People were also going through this like good food movement and thinking about like, hey, I'm paying attention to what I'm eating. I'm paying attention to what I'm drinking. And, you know. Uh, and you were just opening, too. So right around that time is. You sure. Were just yeah, we were just opening. But I mean, certainly in the last like three to four years, uh, I mean, the the interest in, you know, bourbon and now and now rise American whiskeys in general. But, you know, relative to some of the other spirits, you know, by law, bourbon is, uh, you know, water. uh Yeast and uh, grain, right? Corn. So there's no um, there's, corn. Yeah, so there's no additional, uh, uh, you know, fl- additives and 20. and it speaks to this idea of like, um, I mean, granted these producers are very large scale, but even large scale producers still speaks this idea of craft. Like 
there's seven generations of beams that work at all these places. There's, Absolutely. you know, some of these guys in the bottle. I mean, like you can picture Elmer to the, even Pappy Van Winkle, Julian Van Winkle is a third generation Van Winkle that traces his uh, lineage back to the early 1890s. So you've got this idea of like, uh, you know, it's craft, it's nostalgic, it's uniquely American. It's, um, it's um and it's and it's uh good it's it's good for you. You are a wealth of knowledge. You should teach no, I don't classes. Know about that. Thank that you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I do occasionally. You've never come to one, unfortunately. I have too. I came to the oh, Japanese yes, you one. Oh, came to the Japanese whiskey yeah. one. Yeah, they the Japanese. To be fair to the Japanese, they also have a really great story about and we, uh, whiskey. And that's a bummer because so let actually I love that segue. It's tough to get some of these cool things in Michigan, a because of the liquor book, and b because I think we get forgotten about sometimes. So. We do a lot better than a few states, especially yeah. the ones okay. directly south of Let's us. Let's talk about that. So what? How do, we, how do we get better? What do we do? I mean, it's obviously changed. We're getting better stuff in the book every year. So really, it depends on the distillery, yeah. right? Uh, like right now, we are tasting some really good uh, Willet. And everything is Michigan? No. no. Okay. You can't get Willet in Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's a great example, Willet. Um they distill in Kentucky, Barstown, Kentucky. They're right down the street from Heaven Hill. Yeah, right um, next door. Yeah, down, just down the street. Yeah. yeah. I could throw uh, a stone and hit it. Yeah, yeah. Say, they're, they're pretty much neighbors. Yeah. I mean, they're like farms. Yeah. So, I mean, next door. Next door yeah. farms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Rowan's Creek separates yeah. them there. Right. But, That's true. But really, the biggest, the biggest thing with them is they don't want to come to Michigan. Nope. Why? They, Why? They, they don't have, they keep saying that they don't have enough juice. Right. I mean, they're selling every you know. single bottle as soon as they put it on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, there's Willet groups like Michigan Bourbon Club. It's called, you know, Willet. And uh, there's people that live right there and they stake it out or call daily. And then when there's something good, all they do is call their friends and then it's gone. But, I mean, here's the thing, though. A lot of these places run out of stuff and they allocate it. You know, they, they give a little bit to every state. I wonder if they feel it's a, it's a good enough business decision to say, hey, we're not going to support Michigan so we can support other states. What's uh, I I don't I don't really think that's what they're thinking. No, I I really think because how it, like they had relationship with these uh, with these states mm-hmm. already. The state was open. In order for you to bring in a bottle, a brand like Willet to do that, they have to uh, they have to place a bond with the state of mm-hmm. Michigan. Right. They have to do a lot of stuff. They don't need it right now. No, they can sell every bottle. They're selling everything. I think. Uh, I think where that nuance is, like we're, we were talking about Willet and their brand is so strong, and I think they've been around for so long that, and I think there's definitely a degree of like manufactured scarcity and that sort of like fear of missing out that they create from their marketing is really fantastic. Right. Um, but for like a big company like uh, Sazerac, for example, Buffalo Trace, which you talk about, I mean, it's been like common knowledge or maybe it's a dirty secret, but how much Weller 12 goes to Texas, right? Like that's like the honey hole. Right. Of, so I think from like the bigger brands um, allocating products in different states, I mean, I know I've only been working in the sugar house for four years. And when I first started, Weller 12 was not in the book. Weller 12 was not allocated to the state of Michigan four years ago, three years ago. I think it's only been the last couple of years, maybe even a year and a half, for sure no longer than two years. No, been a little bit longer than that. Uh, well, maybe had been in the past, but we could not. There was a period where it would, did not come to Michigan. wasn't in the book, um, and then and then it, re, it started to reappear again. So maybe that's like another question of how the big brands are distributing their products. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating for Willet. I mean, if they're if they're successful with the limited states, more power to them. <clears throat> they are actually. In Europe before they're in Michigan, yeah. and I've Andrew asked, Man. I've asked the the Some master the distiller that, and I says, I asked him, I said, you know, you're you're in Europe and you won't even come to Michigan. He says, yeah, that channel was already open. And is it just because our our laws are so complicated? Like, do you think nah, if the laws opened up, I think if they yeah. have more stuff, they'll they'll come yeah, to Michigan. Absolutely. Okay. Once yeah. they get enough to feel yeah. that they're they have extra, mm-hmm. they're definitely. I mean, who wouldn't expand if sure. you have extra? You know, they do have a lot of the regular things. This is called a Willet Family Estate, the WFE bottles, but they have small batch stuff. They have a lot of it, the big pot still you've probably seen, yeah. but they still, you know, they don't want to come to Michigan. So what are you going to do? Fascinating. Have friends in Kentucky to ship yeah. you bottles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're not in the industry, what do you do to make money to buy bourbon? Uh, I work for uh, an automotive company here in Detroit. That's 
totally weird that you would work in automotive. I know it's crazy. <laughs> and I work in the powertrain division. I test your engines and transmissions before they ever make it to your cars. Very cool. Um, I want to talk a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I want to explore this a little bit about the brand still, because um, one of the things I'm always fascinated by, and I, we've built this uh, class at the sugar house that we've done a bunch of times. Nick alludes earlier, this idea of like the Pappy versus Weller. And I, you know, it's part marketing on my part. It's not exactly Pappy because we do the lot B and the old Rip Van Winkle and the Weller Antique 107 and the Weller 12. And um, we've done it 11 times now. We're going to do it 12 time in March. And it amazes me uh, uh, every time we do it because um, at this point out of 11, I want to say six, seven, seven out of 11 times, people have chosen blind Weller Antique 107 as their favorite port out of those four. And um, it, it's fascinating visiting Buffalo Trace and seeing that there's no, um, there are no Pappy Van Winkle barrels. All the weed of bourbon from Buffalo Trace gets barreled in Weller barrels, right? And essentially Van Winkle comes by and, you know, picks those. So branding plays a huge role in um, in what happens with marketing. I'm sorry, in, yeah, in, in bourbon. So, but I have only been, like I said, working in the sugar house for four years, and I'm super curious, Tony, how you manage the the crush of people seeking this one brand, this Pappy Van Winkle. It drives everybody crazy. It's like it's the biggest, you know, biggest deal. It's got to be tough for you to deal with people all year long, and then how do you manage that expectation for because the, you only get so many. You only get so many of them, right? We only get so many. We buy more barrels. They give us the same amount. You what do you get, like a case if you're lucky? We don't need to sell that. <laughs> I have like, I get like bottles of each. Okay. Yeah. Not ca- no one gets cases. Nobody. No, no one gets cases. No. Um, but, the, you know, to answer your question, it's very simple. Just leave, leave down November, December. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go to Tahiti. <laughs> but, That's the best answer know, I've actually heard. It's a very <laughs> Ashley Price <laughs> kind of Absolutely. Answer, yeah. Let your brother deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you uh, you just have to be charming at times, man. I don't know. It is it is really tough. I mean, people come in and ask me all the time, dude, man, uh, you know, I want to be uh, I want to be your customer. You know, can I uh, can I give you a wish list? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. First thing on the on, on that menu would be Pappy Van Winkle. And it's like, um yeah, I would love to help you, but unfortunately right now the the wait list is long. I mean, the, you know, when you're dealing with three bottles and you have a you have a you have a club in here that talks about you all the time. They have 2000 members. Not only that, but the wine garden have great fans. It it makes it very tricky. So what I tell people is this, and and I had Two new members from the Michigan Bourbon Club today, by the way. And they were like, hey, you know, and, and I showed them. I says, listen, you you want to love, you want to love the store. You want to love the guy that's picking for you, right? He is, your, if you love his palate, then you could practically buy, you know, mm-hmm. single barrels from him, mm-hmm. right? So there is a ton of stuff that I had at the, I have at the store right now. Uh, Knob Creek, 12 and a half years old, 120 proof at forty nine ninety nine. You know, there's great values I have throughout the whole store. There's, there's really great bourbon Tasty. everywhere, everywhere, right? Um, so when you pick a barrel, you're picking for your palate. You're saying, I would drink this because I think it's delicious. Actually, I don't. I pick no. for, I, I pick, I, I, there is, there's things that I pick for. I do pick for what I think is the best product mm-hmm. best barrel out there best expression okay so just like the lions how they do they pick the best on the draft that's what i do i think well, that was the, the patriots lions i was going to say that was the patriots not very good the, people at all uh, lions <laughs> <laughs> but um but seriously i mean that's what i do i i pick i pick about when i pick a barrel is about the nose mm-hmm. first of all for me and then and then the taste how it how it sits with me and then a finish is how it is is it finishes long or it doesn't this is how I pick. And, and and really, to give you a little bit of a history about me before I, I became a, 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 a bourbon lover. So I, I ran a store for 22 years. I've been, um, I've been going to all kinds of wine tastings, beer tastings, 
spirit. You know, I was a Scotch guy for a while. I was a, a cognac guy for a while. I have a very uh, refined palate because and, of because of how much stuff I've drank and were they, different stuff. Were they were your preferences changing based upon what the mood of kind of your customers were? Because I feel like cognac had kind of a big phase, kind of in the late '90s, early 2000s. And so then you kind of nope, no, not really. I I, I just try everything. I, I I seriously have lots of companies that come in with bags every week of trying me on. You know, I mean, I could, I there is times where it's like three salespeople deep, and they're like, and Jason, I'm sure you've seen it, where they would have a bag. You know, I'm trying like ten different wines between different regions, California. New world, old world. I don't see the downside in this. This sounds yeah. amazing. Sounds no, awesome. yeah. but, but but most of it I spit out, uh, of course, obviously, of course. when I'm working right. because you won't be able to continue to do business. And then the guy right behind him, I might be trying cognac. I might be trying – what I'm trying to tell you is this is something maybe for everyone. Mm-hmm. Try more things because there's a lot of different tastes and a lot of different product. And that's how you can – every time you put something – it, it, you know, and you, you know, you put a spirit in your mouth or a wine in your mouth, and you actually think about it. Mm-hmm. it this is the signal that you're sending to your brain. That's what makes you better. That's what makes you smell and taste better, because it, it's the times that you do it. Sure. It, so I saw you. You immigrated here in '92. Yes, I did. Were you drinking age before that? Uh, no, I was not. I was you're actually not. 17 and. Uh, six months. Okay. So did mm. did your family drink anything different? Like um, I, I'm trying to see what if um your your Iraqi roots kind of infused anything into your. You know, funny that you say that because <laughs> people from Iraq they drink two spirits. Iraq, uh, Iraq. Yeah, yep. they drink two spirits. Mm-hmm. Right. They so they they drink ouzo. Okay. And mm. they drink uh, scotch. Really? And okay. The, and the scotch that they drink in Iraq is uh they had Johnny Walker. Okay. They had black and white. Uh, so I did work for like two months mm-hmm. for a, uh, one of my uncles as a stock boy in Iraq that had a like a little shop, uh, uh, you know, small retailer that had like uh, some spirits, you know. Um, but but American for the most part, or American or Greek Uzo, I'm guessing. No, uh, no. actually Iraqi Uzo. Iraqi, okay. Yeah, in okay. uh, my hometown where I came from, in uh, the village that I came from. Uh, I I, w- I grew up in Baghdad, but where my dad's village mm-hmm. was, um, they made ouzo for a long time. Every cool. every house actually distilled their own ouzo. That's awesome! Wow, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. So, just to I want to when you were touching on the single barrels, that's where I was trying to get to with the with the question about the pappy because that it's it's so irrational in, in my mind how some people like chase after that, and I don't think most people understand how little product there is out there for. Like I was saying, we we buy X amount more barrels, we get the same thing. There's there's so few of these products. And what that leads us to is um, like single barrel selections, right? And like how we get to this, like, you know, everybody cannot get these, you know, these, the Pappy Van Winkle products because there's literally only a few of them out there, right? And so the single barrels are... Um, single barrels of what? Single barrels... Of anything. What's that? Single barrels of anything. Single barrel, well, yeah, primarily bourbon, general, like what we've been going to, yeah, single barrel bourbons in general, because it offers us an ability to- Like there's a four roses right here. Yes, there's all a four roses. Okay. Yes. All four of these. They're all single barrels. It, it, it enables people to have something interesting and unique outside of the standard, you know, flagship flavor profiles that the companies, um, you know, put out. And uh, that's been, for me, like one of the most exciting things about the last couple of years is really experimenting and learning about- different people's palettes and trying like, like Knob Creek, for example, you mentioned yours and I know there's a couple others around Metro Detroit. And it's like for a brand like Knob Creek to be able to kind of go from eh, whatever to putting out consistently great 12, 13 year barrels at that $50 price point, there's so much great bourbon out in the market that doesn't have like that. Exactly. That, that's kind of what I was trying to get to is like, there's so much great bourbon out there to be tasted and the single barrels are, one of the uh, you know the vehicles for that, and so what you guys are doing, what we're doing, I think is really important and um, you know a great way to get really interesting products into people's hands. Absolutely, that just can't get those other products because, like you said, there is nothing wrong with any of this stuff. The, the no. Wellers, even 
the Blantons. We did a, a double oak pick. It was amazing. It was so good. Uh, we did a Jefferson, and then we just did um, a Jack Daniels barrel, a single barrel, barrel proof Jack Daniels. It's pretty awesome. So yeah. those products are, um, we've been pretty lucky that we've had the, all the members that just really like the things that we do and like the barrels that we pick with Tony that they are, you know, we sold that Jack Daniels barrel in, I think, 60 seconds. <laughs> and that's amazing. So when you think of the partnership with Tony, Tony has a guaranteed slam dunk to unload a barrel for the most part. I mean, have you had any that have stuck around? Not really, no. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not going to. Right now, you're really not going to get stuck with barrels or bottles. It could be a challenge someday. Um, is there any but, bourbon sitting on your shelf that you're just like, oh, why aren't people buying this? This is so yummy. Is there anything like that's super under underrated? Put you on the spot. Pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really, I can't believe why we're not selling any more Buffalo Trace single barrels yeah. out of my store. Interesting. The regular Buffalo yeah. Trace from Tony's store is really good. Yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, um, there is few brands out there. Um, uh, you you did put me on the spot, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll think of one right now. Um, it's okay. Just put him back on the spot. Yeah. yeah, throw me back on the spot. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll think of it in a second. Just give me a second. Um. So what is next? So you've built this club. You have 2,000 members. What are your goals for 2018? Are there things that you want 3, to go 000. after? <laughs> What'd you say? 3,000? 3, that's right. 4,000. I mean, 000. that's not unrealistic. No. Um, we just want to continue to do um, new and exciting things. Uh, we just did some really cool stuff, and we have some uh, new things that are coming. We just did an event with the Sugar House and with Valentine, and we tasted their new 12-year-old single barrel. Mm-hmm. As well as the uh, was it, it's the black rebel right yeah, the, the, the small batch, which were both really good. So we got um, we got some members to go do that, and that's a problem we run into as well. Like we have these events, but we have two thousand people, active members that part- want to participate. Uh, excuse me, participate in everything is like two to three hundred people. It's a lot of people. So how yeah. do you accommodate everyone? So you just try and be fair, and they just everybody wants to get together. So we're going to try and make more events happen to where. If you didn't come to this event because you missed it or you got beat to the punch on a sign up, there's this month or next month we're going to, you know, whatever. Like this month, uh, in two weeks, we're going to Churchill's in uh, Girls Point. Nice. Uh, an NBC wine club, or I'm sorry, wine garden uh, meetup. And we're going to have drinks and we're going to have cigars and we're going to eat some food. Cool. And like, who uh, wouldn't so, want to go to that? Right. You know? So. It's really good, and Tony helps us out a lot with that, makes it affordable for everyone, and uh, we just get together in a great time. So more of that, definitely. More barrels. Uh, I think we got four more barrel, four more barrels, including the Jack Daniels, so five total barrels this just in 2018. Yeah. In collaboration with the Wine Garden, absolutely. If you know, not more, yeah. obviously. Right, there, there but is... five planned right now, mm-hmm. and there's things always coming up. Tony brought one up today that we're thinking about, you know, maybe doing after we do one or two, and then, you know, slide one in or something like that. So who knows? You know, just more fun things. That's what I want to do. And I think that's what everybody wants to do. So you, you mentioned Valentine, who just had a big announcement this week, yeah. talking about their million-dollar expansion. Is it easier or harder to get a single barrel in the area, like in Michigan? Of Valentine? Of, of any Michigan product. So do you see, is it easier to go to Kentucky and get a barrel, or is it easier to get something local? Or about the same? Um, I think it's about the same. If you want a barrel uh, you ask. to get one, I, I think you can make an arrangement. Okay. Um but we've uh, we've always done uh, the the Kentucky route so far. You know, it's it's worked out well, and it's a product that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard for people. And like Tony was talking about, there's so much. There's so much for everybody to drink. You know, it's like, well, uh, uh, what do I drink now? Is it? Oh, I've heard of this name, so I'm going to do that. So I think getting a name out there, or something for Detroit, would help them sell a little bit. You know, like the event we had at Sugar House. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to introduce yeah. your product to. A lot of people, because even if there's only 30 members there, guess what's going to happen? We're all going to be on our page saying, this is really good. Everybody should go drink it. So that's a great way for local companies. We've been approached by Detroit City Distillery as well. We're going to try to do an event there. And then... um, That's a cool space. I I did a photography for a private event up there. Yeah. They did some uh, cooking for... um, Oh, the Whiskey Factory. Yeah. Not the super dark bar. No, no. They did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And that was before. I think it looked like they added a bar up there, but um, that was a great space up there. So, and then um, the person, the master distiller or the... Reached out to us and uh, from Mammoth, which mm. is up yep. near uh, yep. Charlevoix. Yeah. Hmm. 
So he said, what would you uh, think of coming up here and like doing a tasting? I'm like, I think that'd be awesome because my wife's best friend lives up there. And I'm like, yeah, any reason to go near sure. Charlevoix and um, up there, it's it's a great reason. So they we'll see what happens with that. You know, that. we have yeah. a great relationship. We bought a, uh, we have a great relationship with Long Road uh, oh, in yeah. Grand Rapids. Uh, we bought their that's, first. That's, uh, they're doing amazing yeah, stuff. We bought uh, we bought their first uh, wheat whiskey. It was ten months, but it was in a smaller gallon, so it does taste not like a quite a ten months. It's barrel proof. Um, pretty cool. Um, they've been a huge uh, supporter. We did a uh, the USBG, the Bartenders Guild, went up there, uh, took a, a group of people, and they did a, a specifically a USBG Bartenders Blend Gin. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they did a whole day and they picked, uh, you know, what they thought was the right ratio of the, you know, the herbs and the, mm, the botanicals, botanicals rather botanicals. Yes. Yeah. It was like, um, so that was really cool. And, uh, Kyle and John are, are doing great work up there. They Not need quite to make, as far as Charlevoix. They need to make more liqueurs. Cause so I got my sure. hands on the, the raspberry, raspberry liqueur. Mm. Oh, it is so yeah. good. So that's releasing tomorrow. That today. Oh my God. It is. I was, I was sipping it straight and I'm like, oh, it's going to be super sweet. It's going to be cloying. And it wasn't. And I was just like, this tastes like raspberries. And it's not like, like hit you over the head sweet. Oh, I was so excited. So please, Kyle, do more. Kyle and John. But I I know, I know they would be um, super excited to try to do something like that. And, and as a consumer, I mean, uh, again, I, you know, I work in the bar industry, but I'm a consumer. I love to look for events and like what you're talking about, what we're even talking about right now, like. Ooh, is this idea going to result in like a weekend trip to Grand Rapids and hit like right. Long Road and this place and this place? Like, Absolutely. the value of that as a consumer is so amazing yeah. in terms I mean, of the experience. There's probably a lot of people that would want to go, and you know, we'd probably, if we're lucky, we might get 20 people. Sure. How awesome would that be That's to go almost up north with 20 yeah. of your buddies and their wives or whatever you work out and drink bourbon all weekend and have fun? I'm in. That yeah. sounds you know? like a great that time to me. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. So, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Facebook, which is a platform that we're, we're operating on, Mark Zuckerberg came out and was talking about um, uh, deprioritizing pages and businesses mm-hmm. and prioritizing uh, Facebook groups because F- friends, family, yeah. friends and family. But specifically said, you know, Facebook groups are one of the ways that um, one of the ways that they need to uh, prioritize because. They were worried about how kind of fractured people are getting in Facebook groups or, you know, really building this community. And this particular, the Michigan Bourbon Club, to me, is like the ultimate expression of that, you know. Absolutely. The way that it brings people together and be able to say, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to do barrel picks. We're going to go to these uh, really cool events and really provide value for people. And it's not corporate. you no. know, it's very grassroots. And that's very, it's what what we try and keep out of Michigan Bourbon Club and um, is – Advertisements. Yeah, that's one of our biggest. We we uh, some of our friends make fun of us and call us the. Um, uh, I forget the nickname he gave us, but anyway, he says we have too many rules. Too many rules. But one of the rules is you know we don't we don't let people just come in and post five thousand things about their uh, you know whatever is on sale for thirty nine ninety nine and at store <laughs> two for fifty right twenty nine for two for fifty. <laughs> but um, the puzzle palace is what they call us, and uh, we. Uh, we have a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we want to do more things. That's that's all it comes down to. Is I think that's what makes it fun is the get-togethers and the camaraderie. So, I'm gonna remote. I'm gonna remind him that they did the twelve days of Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, it was awesome. We um we had several members who uh, we we kind of put the word out sneakily. We were teasing a a big thing for Christmas, and we kept putting up like random twelve days pictures or this and that and um we had some members ask about it and we had several people donate and we we purchased bottles and we did a lot of things and made i think we gave away a total of 22 bottles in 12 days so it wasn't just one a day and then we ended on christmas day we gave away um to our top member 10 members we had a special giveaway it was a what makes a top member is that posts uh yeah it's posts and comments facebook has algorithms now if you're the um, admin of a page you can see who's posting the much or who's Engaging. So, yeah. Right. So we gave a, a lot B to those 10 people and we purchased it. And um, one of those 10 people won it and he was super excited. Lot B Pat, from Pappy. From Pappy, the yeah. Pappy 12 year. Yeah. So, and then we also on Christmas Day to the rest of the um, active members, we gave away a Weller 12. 
So 12 days of Christmas, got, they got a Weller 12-year and a Lot B. So 12 years on both. So it was awesome. But other than that, I mean, we gave away so many bottles. It was crazy. I had so many bottles in my house, and my wife was like, why do you have all these bottles all of a sudden? Like, I just turned into a real alcoholic, baby. So, so I'd love to talk about that. So also being a, um, a guy that hoards a lot of bottles in his house with a wife that is often confused as uh, to why I have so many. How do you deal with that? Any tips for the people out there that are hoarding bottles? Uh, luckily, my wife is awesome. That's and I'm not hear. just saying that because she's going to hear this. She is amazing. She um, <laughs> she lets me do my own thing, and she, she knows I have a passion. She sees it and sees how hard I work doing this because, you know, um, contrary to the belief, I don't get paid to do all of this extra work and all this stuff we do behind the scenes. Nobody really sees. Right. So we're taking a lot of time away from my, my wife and the fun things we like to do. So she's very understanding, and she sees it. So um, as long as all the bills are getting paid and we're still having fun, you know, I'm not taking money out of our savings in 401k to buy some bourbon bottles. She doesn't care at all. So for those aspiring uh, Facebook group admins, founders, admins, how much time does it take to run a uh, successful Facebook group? It's a a hefty part-time job. Like it's not just – Working a couple nights a week, it's uh, it's you know, you work sporadically throughout. Not, and I wouldn't, I don't want to call it work. I'm on the page 100%. and I'm talking and I'm engaging, and that's one of the things. Also, I think that we have a leg up, uh, for which is why members so like us so much, is because everyone is so engaging. The posts get a lot of attention when you want to talk about something random. Somebody's on there like, yeah, I agree, or you know, look at this, or so. Um, and that's so crucial because uh, you know, one of the things we found. I mean, I can't. Even in Michigan, you go to Chicago, it's a whole other story. But like it, I'm a, I consider myself a professional. I try to 24 seven, try to pay attention to the market and understand these things. And yet I have a hard time keeping up with like all the brands, all these things going on and all the stuff. So it's like you, you need like a guide, you need a resource, a resource, uh, absolutely, you know, to help you because that's why there's five of us that run the page. We have myself and Jake and Travis and then Brian Butterworth and then Rick Eckberg, who's our, our buddy from the UP. Who's awesome? He's actually he's driven from the UP, um, pretty far into we're the in UP. The, we're in the UP, yeah. So do you know, <laughs> do you know what city he lives in? No. He, so he's not just but the other side of the bridge. No, no, he's seven in the, hours yeah, away from. Oh. Driven all the way to Tony's store just to buy bourbon. That's great. More than once. Wow. And then so, we went to Dave's. Uh, yeah, at we, Butter Run. Yeah, we went to Butter Run <laughs> more than once. So I mean, we have the everybody helps us. So it's it is a part time job for almost all of us. You know, at times, you know, everybody gets busy. People have lives, and I don't expect anyone to um, pay attention to a bourbon page over their real life. But uh, luckily, like I said, there's five of us, so we the gaps. Somebody's always watching, and not in like a U.S. government we're watching kind of way, but helping. <laughs> you know, we want to keep the page alive because once people stop commenting and we start saying stop saying things, and then you know this big camaraderie dies and we don't want that to happen that's the best thing i've seen about this group i'm i'm part of the other groups too but this is the the group i think has been the the one that's more outspoken more more what, more what new pe- newer newer members are coming into the Got bourbon it. right you know that are you know it's almost like you see that cartoonish of someone confused and they don't know what to buy and they go like, "Oh, what's the next good bottle?" And then they, you know, they go in and, uh, you know, they help them out. Mm-hmm. They really do help uh, uh, them out. And know? that's great because it is very intimidating, absolutely, to try to go and grab a barrel of, or a bottle of bourbon of anything. Yeah, it's anything. Yeah, especially uh, wine still scares me. Yeah, but I mean, to go in a store like yours that probably has what 180 bottles or so of bourbon, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot more yeah. than that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot. If you've if you haven't done this, there's you're probably like, about yeah. five, six hundred. Sometimes I'll, I go visit Tony quite a bit just because you know not only have we built a relationship to where we 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 work together, but he's my friend. Mm-hmm. I, I like hanging out with Tony. Like the very first time I went to Tony, still the very first time we met, I was there for three and a half hours. My wife thought I got in a wreck. She's calling me. I left my <laughs> phone in the car. So. You know, I go in there just to hang out. Him and his brother and the people that work there, they're just awesome to be around. You know, it's a really cool environment. It's almost like going out and hanging out with your buddy. And I can't, yeah. Yeah, they can't be overstated because um, also, you know, Tony, you're somebody that people can trust, right? Mm -hmm. Because like we were just talking about, everybody's got questions and- and this is a lot of money. This is like a lot of money and a hundred bucks. I've heard, I've had people come to the sugar house and talk about what to me is a horror story about, hey, I went to this place and they sold me this product and- 
what do you think about it? And then they tell me what they paid for it. And I'm like, wow, you got, you really got taken advantage of. So, you know, uh, there's a, there's a level of integrity, um, which is an extension of hospitality that goes behind. Like when I come to you, like as a, as an average consumer, I'm overwhelmed by all of these things on the shelf. Like you've got to be able to trust the person to lead you in the right direction, right? Yep. Because somebody could easily just sell you on something that serves them, their purpose, and not the cons- ultimately the consumer's purpose. Absolutely. Um, and that, that's a huge thing. And that's my, one of the things my I really model like about. Is, my model is there is way too many good bottles to sell you a bad one. Absolutely. That's yeah. my, my model is. Yeah. You know, you, you walk into my place, I am not selling you a bad bottle, no matter who you are. Right. Because I want your business again. And if I want your business again, I better make sure I sell you the best bottle for the best money. Who sold me that bottle of Kessler? Right. like that, but... Uh, no. Someone and, sold me a bottle of Kessler. I'm going to have to find out who that ooh, is. Yeah. Jesus. And that's what just like Jason. I mean, <laughs> I'm a consumer as well, and I, before I met Tony... I was drinking bourbon. I've been drinking bourbon for probably six, seven years now. Not this high-end stuff. It's been about like a year. Like I'm brand new to yeah. the Willets and, the, you know, I didn't really know this world existed. I thought Blanton's was sure. tip top and I'd heard about these other uh, versions of Blanton's. So, I, I mean, I've been to a lot of stores and that's what I felt uh, was the best when I first started hanging out with Tony and going to his store was I didn't feel like I was getting taken advantage of as a consumer. Sometimes I'm like, man, you know, because you find out later, all oh, that bottle at this store was $20 cheaper, and this guy was pushing it on me and how great it was, and oh, yeah, it's worth it, and this and that, and it's, you didn't like it. It's like, oh, man. Right. It's not something I, I picked up at all, even a year later um, from hanging out with Tony. And I'm, like, yeah. the, I'm sorry, the first, uh, after the first time we met, um, I kept thinking to myself, and I actually talked to my buddy Jake when we were doing this. I'm like, I still feel like Tony is like, ready to stab me in the back and take my money, but he hasn't yet. So, no. That's not for good. No, no, I'm not saying it was, but, you know, because I'd met so many other bad people before, this is just what I knew. Yep. And that is not the case at all, Tony. So, And I think that's something I can really drive home is that get a relationship Absolutely. with your favorite liquor store, your favorite Absolutely. spirit store. It's very um, important. I, I go to Keiko's all the time. I love talking to them. They're another thing. You can fall into that trap and you can talk to them for two hours. Yeah. And you have a good time doing it because they have so much knowledge. They want to impart that. I have to imagine you're the exact same way. I love Giovanni. Oh, my God. They're great. They're nice people. Uh, We actually went to a distillery together the first time I ever met him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we went to Windsor together on a bus. Oh, Windsor, fun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was was a great day. We we had a good time, and I never really knew who he was. You know, I I met him first time on the bus, and he told me he was. We had a great conversation Every now and then I run into him. A great guy. Yeah. Nice and, guy. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show that there are great people out there selling products. They want you to drink something good. They yeah. don't want to sell you a bad bottle. So you just have to have that relationship with them. Because if you come in and you're you're a jerk and you're not nice, of course they're not going to be nice back. It, it reciprocates. So I think if you you develop that, you cultivate it. You, they see that you want to learn. You want to drink good things. They'll pay it back to you. I tell people all the time. Close your eyes, and I'm going to walk you through Buffalo Trace. Right. I'm going to tell you every corner about that place. I've been there so many times. And it, and, it, and it's honest to God. It's just truth. That's a long I, tour. Yeah. And you well, go up and down so many stairs. I, I know. But now I just take the bus. <laughs> I just go right around it. Now, But I, I love, I mean, that's been the first distillery. I mean, that's another thing that goes to why people love bourbon, right? They can go to Kentucky yeah. and take the bourbon right. and see how it's made. Absolutely. They can't go, can't to, go Scotland. to Scotland. Cognac. Yeah. Or it makes Cognac people fall region. in love with it. People you that know? have never been there come back uh, and like, I love bourbon. I mean, uh-huh. Louisville is such a great town. It's not expensive. The people there are amazing. The you know the culture is just great. Yeah, it's awesome. Restaurants are good. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Tony's favorite restaurant. Which with is? The, with the bacon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys got to do this, man. Yeah. The OKC you, Kitchen. OKC, OBC, OBC, OBC. Old Bourbon County Kitchen, phenomenal. They I have, have not been to that one. The uh, most, the craziest bourbon slug. Anything you ever want to drink, they have. I go Old, to I, new. I remember when I went to Bardtown, Mammy's Kitchen. Speaking of I kitchen, Mammy's there. Kitchen. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a joke. We go there. They just then, got a new one. They really, they, they've redone it. They've like made it bigger. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I went. I was surprised the first time I went there. It's like Mammy's Kitchen. You go in there, and they're like the servers walking on the shirts are like. 
country cooking keeps you good looking. I thought it was the kind of thing. And then literally like Mammy came out of the kitchen and she was talking to the guest. She's like, oh, I just made this like bean casserole today. And and they're like the regulars that live in Bardstown. And they're like, oh, my God, I love to try. And like, I was like, there actually is a Mammy. And she literally is exactly what I would have imagined about yep. home country cooking. And like that place just had a certain charm to me every time I've been there. Bardstown, um, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, I love it down yeah. there. That's great. I love down south. I'm from southern Ohio, um, but a very – Southern part of Southern Ohio, okay. and the way we were, we're it was Middletown, but people called it Middle Tucky. A lot of my family is from Kentucky and down south, so um, it's uh, it feels like home when I go down there for me because everybody's just so nice for the most part, you know. And they're very they've been there for a long time. My whole family's been there for a long time, and all my friends and their family were there for a long time. So, and you, and I think you bring up how close Kentucky is. Yeah, I mean it is six Ohio hours. is the only thing between us. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like six hours. And I love Ohio. I'm from Ohio, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's so boring to drive through Ohio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so boring. It, it only gets good when you get down to Cincinnati because you can see Kentucky. Sure. I can't wait for that bridge over the Cincinnati. That's the best. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is very iconic. Tell me, I want to uh, one last thing. I was really curious about uh, you, Tony. You did a collaboration with the bourbon barrel aged beer mm. with yes, I did. Kuna, yes, that, that was a, yeah. big Kuna's. Tony's. Yeah, that that was amazing. I, I watched the video. Me. Like I did a little bit of research. I watched the video. Obviously, I didn't have the beer, but I'm so good. Will, so it's so good. Awesome. That looked like a cool project. Um, tell me, tell us a little bit how that came about and like and what's in the works because that's a cool project. So part of me is. Being in business is, I always wanted to come up with a product that that is so unique. Be part of the industry is actually is what it is, right? And you know, it is a business, but it's it's passion is what's driving me really, and that's what makes it so cool. I really go to work not thinking I'm not I'm going to work, but how it started out is I wanted to have. A, a really, a really, a really good beer, right? So one of my friends, Eric, uh, I've known him for for a long time, for about ten years. He was like eight or nine years old since I known him. Then he's drinking, and he's like, "Man, I know these guys from Kunin's. You know, they can take you up there. You know, they can show you. We can do collaboration." I'm like, "Well, I gotta taste the beer first, you know." So we go down there and. Man, the beer, high, you know, high octane, really good beer, right? So I was, I taste their some of their uh, stuff and their dripa. Then I taste like the uh, Michigan mud and uh, the Terry Misu stout, and and I was like, dude, this is really good. So I said, uh, how about we use our barrels that we have? I, I, you know, I see KBS; they use their, you know, that's how they do it, and. You know, let's let's you know let's talk to the owners. He's like, yeah, Brett, Brett and Eric are good friends of mine, and uh, so uh, Brett comes around and I shake hands with him. I said, Brett, my name is Tony. I'm from the Wine Garden. Man, I want to make a beer and put it in my barrels. And he's like, dude, you're about the thousand person that said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, all right, man. I mean, can I come back? You know, he's like, no, I'm sorry. We're too busy. We cannot do this. I said, okay, no problem. So I was like, all right. So I grab Eric again and and I say, hey, Eric, uh, do you want to go to Kunin's again? He's like, uh, yeah, let's do it. So we go there and we talk again and I see Brett and I say, hey, Brett, this is Tony, man. You want to do a collaboration? And he's like, man, you were here last week. I says, uh, I says yeah. But anyway, how it worked out is uh, Brett ended up visiting me at the store, and, and he saw the store, and he loved it. And, and he said, uh, how many barrels do you have at the store right now? And I said, well, I got about like 10 to 12. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I had about six of them back then. And, and he says, great. Then we'll take them. We'll make a brand. Um, we'll make a – I says, okay, I want to, at least 12% alcohol. I want an American Imperial Stout. He says, no problem. We could do that. We worked on the details. Then we worked out on a name. The name actually was picked out by one of my customers. He was actually at the store today. His name is Vince. <laughs> um, and he says, you know, Tony, where are you going to name the beer? I says, you know what? I really don't know. So he's like, why don't you call it Big Tony's? <laughs> and I says, oh, no, that's, that's not going to work. That's, you know, I don't want my name on the beer. He's like, dude, that would work. 
that was like 2013. <laughs> My name is Vic Tony now. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Tony, can you tell us uh, how we can find out more about Wine Garden? The Wine Garden uh, is uh, at 22425 Harper Avenue in St. Clair Shores, uh, just south of Nine Mile in Harper. Uh, phone number is 586-777-4198. Come see us, please. We will make you happy. Instagram, website, social, uh, Facebook? Uh, all of the above. So okay. Sure. All of the above. And how about for the Bourbon Club? Uh, you can go on just Facebook. We have a Facebook page. It's Michigan Bourbon Club. Uh, search us on Facebook. It's an open group. Uh, you have to answer uh, three easy little questions, and uh, you can join our group. Um, you can follow me. I do a lot of bourbon posts on Instagram as well. It's ODB underscore bourbon. Oh, I didn't and, know. And uh, we always use the hashtag Michigan Bourbon Club, so that way if you follow a hashtag, it's hashtag Michigan Bourbon Club, go. and you can see all the posts that everybody ever does for, for our group. So Perfect. Tony, Patrick, Jason, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Herb Podcast, your food, hospitality, and beverage source. Just follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Herd Podcast. Download us on your favorite podcast service. Uh, You can also find us on DetroitPodcast.com. Thanks so much to Ripple, our sponsor, and dine well, friends.